welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 140, Interviewing a Turkey Hunting Outfitter. And I am your host and the guy who is in the throes of a busy week. Since I last talked to you guys, I have been busy doing some bush hogging, which has been a whole ordeal in and of itself to even get that done with the rain that we've been having and with yours truly losing the keys to the tractor. In my truck, by the way, I lost the keys to the tractor in my truck. But I found the keys to the tractor only after I bought new keys off of eBay, and guess where the keys to the tractor that were lost in my truck were? They were exactly where I put them. They were exactly in the exact same spot in the exact same cup holder in my truck that I put the keys after I used the tractor the last time. I call myself a hunter, huh? And after looking in that same cup holder, seriously, 10 times, at least 10 times for the keys to the tractor. They were not there. But all of a sudden, after the package comes in from eBay with two new tractor keys, I throw the new keys in the same cup holder where I kept the old tractor keys. And that's when I made the discovery. All is good, though. The bush hogging is done. I have a new spare set of tractor keys. This past week, I have been trapping chipmunks in my yard. I am sick of them tearing up my garden and my flower pots, and I'm tired of the chipmunks. I have also destroyed, completely destroyed my front yard. I have torn out all of the bushes in front of my house, and this hurt my feelings, but I had to cut down about a 20-foot-tall pink dogwood that has probably been in front of my house ever since it was built almost 30 years ago. But it had to go. It's not going to fit into the new landscape plan that I have drawn up that if the rain will ever stop for any length of time, I should be able to get completed. And this week, I also started a bone broth fast. So the wife said I was getting a little gassy. (laughs) Just kidding. My wife actually started 
a bone broth fast herself and because she's on it and because she does the cooking in the house and because I don't want her to cook for me while she's doing any kind of a fast or any kind of a diet or anything like that, I will always try to do whatever it is that she does food-wise. So I started the bone broth fast, oh, couple of days ago and have another couple of days to go so I'm pretty sure I can survive it. So it's probably a good thing that I've had a busy week this week because we've got some time, some time before the magic part of the year. We are 259 days, 7 hours, 58 minutes and 27 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. In addition to all of the things that I told you that I've been doing this week, I also began the process of interviewing outfitters for my 2018 out-of-state spring turkey hunt with my buddies Chip, Brian, and John. Now you may remember that we almost unanimously picked Washington and Idaho this year for our out-of-state trip to try to mark off another couple of states from our list in our quest to complete the super slam of killing a turkey in every state. Now, one of us actually picked Washington and Oregon, so we went with the majority rule, of course, and we ended up with Washington and Idaho, and I think we're going to try to save Oregon for California to pair that one up with California. Now, we also have almost proven that we really need to go on outfitted hunts on these trips, primarily due to limited time afield scouting on these new public properties, new to us anyway. Now we can do a lot of scouting online on Google Earth. We can do a lot of scouting by calling people who hunt those areas, whether that's the wildlife biologist or the NWTF wild turkey biologist for that state or by calling local chapters of the NWTF in those areas. So what we've discovered is this. Finding one or two birds who want to play ball on a three-day hunting trip on new territory is challenging enough. It's doable, very doable, and we've done it numerous times. We don't need one or two birds. We need at least four birds. And as you all know, if we find four birds and there are four shooters, the chances of us each killing a turkey is not real good because not all four of those birds are going to want to play ball. So we have to find more than four birds. We may have to find 12 or 16 or 20 birds before we can actually have enough success to take four turkeys. And we just realized that with the amount of time that we have to put in on these trips, and we're trying to do multiple states in roughly a week, there's just not enough time to get out and scout on these public properties and kill four birds. So even though I really enjoy the challenge of hunting unguided turkeys on public ground, shoot, I enjoy the challenge of hunting unguided turkeys on private ground, I have conceded that hunting private ground and being pointed in the direction of birds by a ranch owner, a farmhand, or an outfitter is much more conducive to increased odds of harvesting four gobblers in a three-day period of time in each state. 
With all that said, I'm pretty sure that I can get my fix of that unguided public land challenge hunting closer to home instead of 2,000 miles away from home on limited funds and more importantly, limited time. So we are 90% likely to hunt with outfitters in Idaho and Washington this coming spring. And I've split the job of interviewing outfitters in those two states with my buddy Chip. I took Idaho and he took Washington. So this week I've been on the phone with several outfitters in Idaho to pick their brains about their operations and accommodations. Now I've recorded those interviews because it's what I do. I actually record almost all of my phone calls. And I have one interview that I want to share with you guys today. Now I've edited out the name of the outfitter and operation to protect the innocent. Even though there really is no need to protect him, as he's not told me anything that scared me into thinking that I don't want to hire him. So yes, the interview went well, and it was really just the first of a couple of interviews that our group will have with him and the other outfitters that I haven't weeded out before we may book a hunt with him. There's still some unasked and unanswered questions that I need to know before we book, like, stressing to him that we do not and will not hunt out of blinds all day long. Now, I know that's not a question. It'll be formed into a question, but discussing hunting styles with an outfitter is extremely important when choosing who to hunt with. But this interview that I'm going to play for you guys is a very good start and, I think, a very good example of how you guys may want to conduct an initial interview with an outfitter. I do have a list of 45 questions to ask an outfitter before booking a hunt, and that list is available to you guys, and I'll let you know how to get that list after the interview. So, let's jump into my interview with an outfitter prospect, and I'll see you guys on the other side. This is Andy. Hey, Andy. This is... How are you today? Hey there. Got your message on the turkey hunts yesterday? Yes, sir. Give you a little background on what we're trying to do. Oh, um, so, Sorry, your phone's cutting out pretty bad there. Eh? Okay, yeah, let me get outside here. Okay, got you a little better there already. Okay, I don't know what the deal is, but Verizon's, I guess, decided to work on the <laughs> cell towers right around my house, so I no longer have coverage in my home office. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I can hear you pretty good now. So wherever you're out there, you're you're pretty good. Yeah, I'll stand out here in the heat and humidity and chat with you. Yeah, there you go. That'll that'll help you a lot. Uh, absolutely. So, me and three buddies from college are in the process of trying to complete our super slam and kill a turkey in every state. And so gotcha. we have gotten a, quite a few of them knocked off the list but one of the things that we've realized is that even though hunting public land out west is good when we go on these trips we don't have the time to devote to spend three or four days to scout to find four birds so gotcha. you know if it was just one or two of us probably a, a much easier task but finding four birds on on public land is a little bit more difficult okay. so we have pretty well decided that you know, from here on out, we we at least want to use outfitters. We don't necessarily have to hunt private land, but, you know, that's that's a plus. But we at least want to use outfitters that can point us in the direction of birds. We don't necessarily need to be guided. All these guys are, are very experienced turkey hunters and have killed, you know, I'd say probably close to 100 turkeys each. Wow. But 
this year we're going to Idaho and Washington and are looking for an outfitter in Idaho to help us out and put us on some birds and you know we don't don't necessarily need somebody to call for us but you know I'm not saying somebody won't uh, yeah knock a call out of a god's hand but <laughs> yeah uh, I got you no, I know what you mean okay yeah so yeah. Well, we're looking at probably 3 or 4 days I'd say preferably 3 days and we're looking at that May 18 through 26 week, and I'm not sure if we would go to Idaho first or Washington first, but your season in Idaho typically runs out about the 25th, doesn't it? Yeah, yep, it goes to the 25th, Okay. and we have a couple different properties that we lease. It's all private land stuff, you know. 18th, I mean, if that's your time frame, that's, that's okay. I would rather you come in a little earlier if you could. If you can't, I understand, you know, if you've got schedules to work around and all that. Okay. Just by then, you know, most stuff to hunt it a little bit because we start, we, we, we have, like I said, we have two ranches. Our branch, we start earlier. A little lower country. We start there on the 15th of April, mm-hmm. and we run that up till about the 1st of May. And then we switch gears and go down to our ranch which is a little higher country it's a lot bigger about almost 20,000 acres so it's pretty big yeah we start hunting there that first week of may and that's what i was kind of kind of leaning towards since you know with Floria, i want to make sure we get at least four opportunities you know one for yeah. everybody or hopefully a bird for everybody you know but I, like i said i understand if that if that's your time frame that you got no no wiggle room then that that's what we'll work with you know yeah, yeah. one of the guys i think has a trip planned out of town that second week of may and what we've done in the past is anytime we would go out west or north, which is pretty easy to do, go north from Alabama, but we would typically go that the start of that second week. So I think running sometime in that second week, one of the guys is, has either a work trip or a family trip planned, and, and that probably is going to knock us out of being able to go that week. But how many hunters do you normally take in a season? Well, you know, that's, that's, that's why we try to break it up into two ranches. Each ranch, you know, we'll take 10, 12 guys total, you know, each one. Okay. So we're not going to hammer it, you know what I mean? I mean, we're, I was trying to think if the 18th is as close as early as you guys could do, you know, you would probably be coming in toward the end, unfortunately. And yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a bad thing or not because a lot of times it depends on the weather and depends on a few things, but we would usually start hunting that ranch earlier, like like I said, like that first week of May. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just want to be up front with you. Yeah. Probably be coming in towards the end of the stretch there. We usually don't take a lot of turkey hunters after like the 15th, and that's just because, in general, all around here, the turkey hunting kind of turns off. Okay. It's not as good earlier as later. And then because it's been hunted, because the weather's warmer, the birds have all done their thing, you know, they're not, they're not as available to hunt. You know, they're not going to call as easily. They're not going to, you know, it's like hunting things after the rut. So, you know what I mean? It's sure. just a little bit tougher, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that's all, you know. Um, hey, Andy, I'm getting another call. Can I just see who it is real quick? Sure, so, yeah. Can I, no I'll problem. drive back with you. Okay. Just one second. Thank you. Yeah, Andy, still there? Yes, sir. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. All our draws came out this morning, so I've been kind of frantically oh. trying to check about 50 of them, and that was one of the guys I was just wanting to make sure I didn't miss them. Yeah. Anyways, what I was getting at there is it, it may not be the best time, you know, but it right. may be okay. But for getting four birds, I would just 
I want to make sure you're going to come all the way out here in the right time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and I don't want to like shy away from it, but I just, I like to, you know, be up front because I just, I don't know if I would feel great about that time. I mean, at least for us, you know, but I think most places you're going to find it's going to be kind of hunted pretty hard by then. Right. Yeah. And one thing that we've noticed in traveling around is that when we go to these different parts of the country, you know, people will tell us, uh, you know, early early season is better, you know, come earlier, that kind of thing. And, and I think most of these guys had the mindset of, okay, I'll take a pressured bird that doesn't have any hens over an unpressured bird that does have hens. And so I think that's really kind of our attitude in, in approaching these hunts. And, you know, we know we're going we're gonna to have to work a little bit harder to find a bird that's willing to play. But when we find one that's willing to play, it's, it's going to just about run you over to get there. But you know that area, you know the turkeys in that area much better than I do or any of us do. And like I said, we normally have gone on these trips 10 to 14 days earlier than what we're talking about going this year. I'm not saying that we're dead set on our dates because I don't think we are, but that's something that we at least need to take a look at and consider. Yeah, well... It's not exactly good business practice to turn people down <laughs> for me. You know what I mean? But what I look at is I just, we could probably get one or two then. Yeah. And it does help that you guys are experienced turkey because we get a lot of guys that have no clue how to turkey hunt, you know, and they come around and they, they'll chase birds around, they'll miss, they'll get close and spook them a bunch and they, they think that they're hunting like a deer or something. Right. Uh, they're not used to turkey hunting. Not many folks are really. Um, so that helped. That puts you guys way ahead in that curve. Just so you guys probably do better than most. But, you know, just from like how we operate our camps, because see, we, we usually leave like that first 10, 12 days of May open just for turkey hunting at that ranch. And then we shift gears and we do bear and turkey combo hunts right. from like May 10th or 12th through the end of the month. And so camp gets a little more saturated with other hunters. And then I have a harder time just having, like usually what we do for turkey is we just have like one group at a time. We don't usually do a group of four turkey hunters and a group of four, you know, that would just be too much. So we, it's just one of those things where I would, I'd rather have just you guys in at like the right time, you know, for us especially. Yeah. So if you guys had anything between April 15th and like May 10th, that would be phenomenal. That would be like perfect. And you guys would, I think, score four for four then, you know, I just want to make sure it's done right for you. You know, I don't want to just cram you in and not have them all this way and not have work out. Yeah. Well, and that was going to be my question to you is what would, what dates would you recommend? So if you had to handpick three or four days and I know nothing when we when we come to talking wild turkeys, nothing is 100%. What three or four days would you pick out of all of the days that, that are open? You know, we're pretty open from that 15th opener on to the end of April. That opener is tough to beat. I mean, there's a lot of times where they're getting a couple of birds that first morning because they're just so dumb. They're unpressured. That's what I would naturally look at. I mean, it's just like any season opening day is generally good. <laughs> now, that doesn't take into account the fact we may have a terrain or we may have some just crap weather for a few days. And that can happen, but that can happen anywhere all spring. Or our weather doesn't usually straighten out here until like now, like middle of June. Yeah. So anytime in there you can find yourself with not snow necessarily, but you can wake up this crud weather and have it slow things down for a day or two. But if you had three or four days there early, that mid-April, that would be just awesome. Now, like I said, I understand it'd be hard to get all four guys on board for that and everything, but 
that's what I would highly recommend, especially since you're coming this far. You kind of get four birds. If you were just looking at one or two, that would change things. It'd be a little easier, but four, it's a lot of killing to do in three or four days. You know, you got to make sure you're getting hopefully at least one a day. And so I just want to make sure it's done right for you. You're coming yeah. all this way, hopefully only having to do it once. Because even if you only get three, then still one guy's got to, you know. That's exactly right. We gotta try back. to do it again. You know, it's a lot yeah. of big or- ordeal to come all this way. So yeah, I would a, like to get rent. you guys in prime dates, especially the first we're wide open. Our schedule is wide open right now. Yeah. Well, and that's why I like to generally start this time of year because most people are thinking about deer. They're thinking about elk. They're thinking about you know, whatever else they've got going on in the fall, and they're not really thinking about turkeys at this point. So I like to kind of get yep. started this time of year. So, all right. What, as far as accommodations, what do you what do you guys have? How do y'all typically have your setup for your ranches? Yeah, so if you have been on our website, you might have seen we have pictures of the ranches and the lodging on there. If you're going to go in April, it would be our ranch, um, which is it's smaller. It's like 3,500 acres, so it's still pretty good size, but it has a really high bird population, and it's really good early. It's really good at first clip there for about two, two and a half weeks here. It's really hot, and there's birds all over. I mean, we'll we'll be seeing tons and tons. I mean, there were days they were seeing 10, 12 gobblers, so it's a, it's a good early season spot. And so that's the place I would, you know, look at. And it's just like a big house. It's a two-story house, got a couple bedrooms, not a real big camp, but it can handle four guys comfortably. We would have a cook, pretty much like a like a normal hunting camp, and have someone do the three, three meals. And we would probably have two guides for you. That would be what I was thinking, okay. doing a full guided thing for you to make sure that we had this optimal condition for, for four people to get birds. Yeah. As far as like the license and tags go, they're all over the counter. We can purchase all that for you and have it at camp when you arrive. Just generally, guys will just rent a car and drive over. We're about an hour from the nearest airport, and I can shoot you all that information over. Yeah. You know, if you guys decide to go forward with it, and easy drive, paved right into our house. Spokane is um, a good one. It's about three hours from Spokane. We're about an hour from Lewiston is the is the closer one, but it's a lot smaller. So I would try both airports because flying that far, you might cut a lot down if you just do Spokane and then end up driving a little bit further. And if you're hunting Washington, too, that would make sense, which is why I have Spokane, probably. Sure. Okay. All right. But I think that eastern Washington Ed would be where you'd find your birds anyways. Right. Yeah. That's that's what we're shooting for. Is we typically, we'll try to hunt within a two or three hour drive you know, mm-hmm. when we hit multiple Yeah. And we're, we're right up against, I mean, we're only half an hour from Washington, but, you know, depending on where at in Washington you go, we're fairly close. Like I said, yeah, about three hours from Spokane, and so you should be able to should be able to get into some pretty good hunting three hours from our place. Okay, all right. And then as far as what you've got in the camp house there, do you have house cell coverage? Do you have Wi-Fi, washer dryer? I mean, what what are okay? So that ends the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to subscribe to the premium content where you can get the rest of this week's interview, along with learning how to get my list of 45 questions to ask a turkey hunting outfitter, then you can subscribe to the show by simply texting the word turkey hunter. Make it one word, turkey hunter, to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will text you back a reply that says, please reply with only your email address. And when you text your email address back to me, 
I will email you a link that you can click on to subscribe to the premium content of the Turkey and Her podcast. Your subscription will cost you 12 U.S. dollars, of which one of those U.S. dollars will be donated to the NWTF, and your subscription will get you access to all of the premium content for the next 52 weeks, as well as it will get you access to the premium content that I've done in the past. So, subscribing is easy. If you have any problems with it, please let me know. My email address is andy at imturkeyhunting.com. And before I let you go this week, I do have one favor to ask of you. If you have never left a review for this show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Podbean, or any other podcast player app that you use, then please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review if you think Cameron and I have earned it. I read the reviews that you guys leave, and I'm extremely appreciative of your kind words and the time that you've taken to help the show that tries very hard to help you guys have more successful turkey hunts. Okay, so that's all that I have for you guys this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and a happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, Marika. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.